you guys want to tell us all real quick about your characters just a little bit? Sure. Uh, I'm Chris Connor. I play uh, an artificial intelligent life form named Edgar Allan Poe. Of course. <laughs> of course. As you do. As you do. And I'm Marta Igareda, and I play uh, detective Kristen Ortega. Okay. I am Renee Lee Scoltzberry. I play Kelchrist Falconer, and she is um, the leader of the uprising. Um, the showrunner showed us a poster of you in the... Or wait, was that the leader of the new uprising or the old oh, the uprising? Old, the old, oh, it's the same. Yeah, same uprising. Yeah, same uprising. Yeah, we saw. Yeah, so we saw. I was like, is there another one? Well, I mean, there could be a clone. You guys could like clone battle. Like, it can really happen in this in this world. Yeah. Could you like do that? Could you take a stack and copy it and then put the same two stacks into? Two different clones, and then you have. Wait two. until you watch the show. And that's the third act. Well, I'm how gonna go. How does it work with uh, Paul? Like, it, it, do you talk like Edgar and Paul? Yeah. So uh, the um, I, my the artificial intelligent life form that I play has chosen the persona. Um, for a reason um, that is revealed uh, during the season of the show. And uh, it just so happens I haven't seen anybody in 47 years until Kovach walks through my door in my hotel. In your AI hotel? Yeah, okay. but the, every, everything in the hotel is me. Okay. Okay. It's yeah, it's, it's it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we sleeping in you? Is yeah. Bed? Yeah. yeah. No. Wait, kind of the bed is you? Everything you in the, the hotel the is me. the bathroom? How about the toilet? So sure. <laughs> <laughs> but do you talk back to us as we're using you? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be. Yes. Uh, <laughs> services end at one point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that like a comic relief for the show, just like, you know, the old stock? I, I haven't seen an audience uh, with the show on yet, so I don't know if it's funny. We hope it's <laughs> In the book, your character is not really around in the first novel, and they reconfigured that to make you a more prominent um, role. Um, did you read the book at all before? Or? Yes. Yeah, so um, but I'm, I've, I took, I'm, I'm, like, I'm in this situation quite often. Um, where there's a there's a world created based upon a book, mm -hmm. and I always find it most helpful to be involved in the actual script because there's always like the slightest details that change, and and specifically for very useful dramatic reasons. Um, in this instance, you know, Kel is you know like I said the leader of the uprising, and she's a lot of other things that are she has a lot uh, she actually has a lot of responsibility for this dystopia that the world that, you know that we live in. Um, but in this season, you really see her as um, a tool for our hero. You know, you really see him use her in the most heightened moments to, you know, for his um, ability to find the true mystery, for his ability to stay in this world when he wants to leave it. Like the most extreme mo moments, he really calls on her in this way, which is quite beautiful. What does she want? What does she want? Oh my God, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, uh, in in w where we live at this moment, what she wants is for him to keep living. What she wants is for him because she is gone in this moment. She wants him to uh, to look always beneath what he sees 
and, and really be his highest self. She wants him to be the envoy that she trained him to be and to, um, and to find um, the real mystery underneath the mystery, if you will, in this season, in this story. It's, it's uh, I think, one of the most beautiful things about this very, very dark world is that there is a love story that, um, that really parallels through the whole thing. And, uh, and I think it makes, it's what I think is really beautiful about Lita's work is that there is a poetry involved in some very disturbing moments. <laughs> um, and I think that makes it, um, that's the, I think that's what makes it beautiful. And what is, sorry. Um, your character deals with one of the core themes of the books and series. I mean, Kovac is put into the body of Ortega's ex-partner and but she still develops a relationship with, with him. So it's this link between how much of the spirit remains in the body and vice versa. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, well, we, we, it's so interesting and fascinating to me to, 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 to play that, that character and that specific love triangle that is <laughs> happening within the same person, <laughs> yeah. same body. So, so it is, you know, this is the body of love of my life but at the same time I'm, I'm getting to know this other man who is inhabiting this body and who is whose own like whose code of honor and bravery and all these wonderful values that I'm that I start seeing in him makes my character be confused <laughs> I bet yeah, I mean, it could happen in real life can you imagine how confused that is and it's messed up in, in, in a very awesome way for me as an, as an actress you know to, 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 because he, it is the same body it's the same gestures, the same things but at the same time it's this other person so it's like, like a hate love relationship that happens too yeah what did you find most interesting in either the book or the script in terms of the, the philosophical issues it, it tackles because there are some quite big themes in there I guess the, the philosophical like yeah. you know I think something that's very interesting to me is that uh, with my family and Ortega's family is that they are uh, neo-Catholics so there's this whole talk about what happens to the soul if you're able if you're able to live forever then what happens to the na natural course of life and death uh, are you going to go to heaven or are you not or are you playing God but with using this technology. So there's always this underlining um, theme, you know, happening around this subject and the world. And, and yeah, to me, it's fascinating. Because these are questions that we normally ask anyway. What is the soul? Is there another life you live? No. Uh, you know, what happens? And, and it's in the show as well. I think it's interesting, um, you know, we live with this kind of fear of death general it's always there you know somebody said to me in a car the other day you know any minute the earthquake's going to come and everybody in Vancouver's going to be in I'm like what you know <laughs> <laughs> like you know like I hope it doesn't come while I'm shooting like it's kind of crazy um oh, it's should always know. there it's that, that's that's something that's always there you know and we don't talk about it a lot but clearly we're fascinated by it clearly death you know is pervasive in our art forms and everything and um and yet we created this world where it doesn't exist and um, my character, at least, is um, recognizes very clearly the need for it, um, and is trying to re, you know, to, to put death back into the world, because without it, we we get to see what what could happen, um, and I find that really fascinating. It just just paradoxical shift on our um, our relationship with death as human beings. Yeah. If it's gone, 
you know, this appreciation for it. I think it's really fascinating. Also, no, n not everybody can live forever in the show, especially the, the people that could. Well, I mean, you live forever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Mets. Yeah, the, 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 the upper class in this world uh, has dominated for so long and there might be some reflection in our world now. <laughs> um, <You think>? and, <laughs> uh, um, and then that's why, at the end of the day, we're talking about, uh, it's all Shakespearean, right? Uh, these are universal themes that we've touched on through literature. Since the Bible. Yeah. Uh, the Bible, yes. What is a man if his chief good and market of his time be but to sleep and feed? You know, it's, it's Hamlet sitting there asking himself, is this it? Do I exist outside of this body? Well, if you could actually physically get outside of that body, what does that mean? Or am I just a computer? Can I possibly feel free like a human to die, to love? And all of this is in the, told in the gray areas of Lita's mind, which is the best part, because it's not simple storytelling. You know, uh, I think that's also the beautiful evolution of sci-fi we were just talking about, is that we, we've reached a point where uh, it's the genre of sci-fi is just the storytelling technique, but the writing has gotten so good, the character development is so good, we're talking about something <clears throat> universal and great. We're talking about Dickens, we're talking about Poe and Shakespeare. It's the reason that we all ended up saying yes to the show is because it's not a normal television show. Mm -hmm. uh, what, cast is this diverse on, I know. on yeah. television. I mean, we have strong female leads of color in everything. Mm -hmm. I think I'm the only like white American guy, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing a computer. And I'm so playing a computer. <laughs> yeah. There's a good that say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. But um, it's a beautiful kind of diversity. It's international. Yeah. Yes. And that's where um, the world is yeah, right it's now. Not, it's not even just like sometimes we want to say diverse and we're, and we're, I mean, as an American, we're, we're in this like group of people that live in this country diverse. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to this right. kind of world definition of it. And, and that's what's beautiful about Netflix as well is that this is not for a market in a certain, yeah. Yeah, for a demo yeah. in a market. This is for 190 markets all around the world. You know, this is how does this play in Germany? How does this play in Asia? How does this play in? You and know. you were saying earlier, it's like you have a scene where someone's speaking Spanish and Arabic oh, at the yes. same time. Oh yes, yeah. beautiful scene. Yeah, and people understand each other. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's that kind of world. We have a lot of tequila, so then it flows easy. <laughs> no, and and then yeah, some people speak in Vietnamese, and then there's Russian, and then there's yeah. all these different languages because that's what Lita envisioned in yeah. this in this world and this is and not to mention that Joel will just start talking to Martin our DP in Swedish and <laughs> that's not even in the show <laughs> so but that's him showing it's beautiful <laughs> that um, it forces us even as a as a team yeah to kind of because you know we I, I'm sure we would all consider ourselves very progressive and liberal and all these things um, and yet we find ourselves in storytelling moments where we think wait a minute you know hundreds and hundreds of years from now, would we still have the same hang-ups about, you know, homosexuality? Would we still have this? We, you know, these are things that uh, we want to, we're trying to expand what, how would we feel mm -hmm. so far in the future? How can we break even where we are so that we can tell a story that would be, um, you know, accurate to what that group of people might feel so far from now? It's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to talk about what love is outside of what these two bodies are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have an opportunity to do that in this genre, in this world, without making any political statements whatsoever and just talking about love. 
So what would you say is, from Edgar Allan Poe's perspective at least, the difference between an AI and a person at this point? Because a human is just... I think I think I, I find that out on, on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, it's, well, it'll be a fun... Ladies, <laughs> what do you think there. then the difference is between AI and humanity in this future when you're basically ones and zeros in a spinal column that you just can plug and play into whoever? So interesting. I, I, I love this, um, you know, so it seems like so many shows start with somebody um, inventing something for good <laughs> and then it gets into the bad people's hands <laughs> and then we have this world and now the person that started for good is trying to stop the person, you know, yeah. we do that so often. Um, what I love, I mean, I, I don't get to work with um, Chris very often, unfortunately, if at all. I don't think we see each other. At number yeah. one. We're, no. so, we're so opposite, I think. We're yeah. probably two polar opposite characters. Um, um, what I love about this particular world is that, you know, we have like this kind of matrix world where this AI is this huge threat and fear. And even when we're introduced to you, it's, um, you know, the reason why he hasn't seen a human being in 47 years is because no one's stupid enough to go to your hotel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so there's this beautiful thing is that, you know, it's, that's the surprise is that, you know, the, one of the most interesting and most supportive relationships for our hero is this hotel and that this character isn't so much a threat. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I won't. Spoil. I don't. I don't actually right. know. Um, yeah. But um, so I, I love the fact that we we have a real fear. I think right now um, uh, about this this idea of artificial intelligence and it's kind of c coming into consciousness and what that would mean, the threat that would mean to us as humans. And I think sci-fi explores that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we really do that in this, in this show. show. We actually let this artificial intelligence support us, and we are actually. I feel like when we do that, we let ourselves off the hook a little bit as humans. Mm. And in this world, we don't let ourselves off the hook. We, we really take responsibility that we are yeah. <laughs> the problem, and this is still trying to help us work out our own crap. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of beautiful. In the show, are the lines of good and evil clearly drawn, or is there a big gray area where they're kind of gray? Well, yeah. It's an awesome gray. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. an awesome gray. There's also, like, it explores what it is to be alive for 250 years, like in the case of, of um, Bancroft. Bancroft that he, uh, we call them maps, all these people who've been alive for so long. Methuselahs. Methuselahs from the Bible, yes. Mm -hmm, from the Bible. And, and it's interesting because, you know, it, it creates the question of do you become a, a better person, a, a more spiritual, or, or do, you, do you feel like you need to um, go deep and explore these other dark Raw avenues of areas consciousness. of human being human and, and and that so then that line it's always like you know in this show I love it because whenever you think it's gonna be oh it's gonna cross that line to this is evil then you find a humanity in that and then you're like, oh okay no it's not because there's never you know good or evil as it is as right. itself um, this is maybe one of the most immersive set visits that I've been. Um, so, which was your first reaction when you saw the sets and the scale of it? Mm. Oh, I think I peed a little bit. <laughs> 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 it was good. Or they are out. Yeah, Kerry, who, who built the sets, uh, I mean, who designed it, is uh, he's a mad scientist and in the best possible way. I think you guys might have met him earlier. Yeah, yeah. he walked us through it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the spe specificity of 
the Raven, like being able to, you know, the floor is like MC Escher. Mm. Yeah. Because originally one of my identities was Escher, 150 years ago. I've gone through different personality changes. So just how that how that all manifested in his mind, and plus no one gets all the toys that we got here. Oh my god! It's such a a, a beautiful huge world. The flying cars. It's. So I think I'm still waiting for the yeah. flying cars in real life. <laughs> that, that's kind of beautiful. As, as amazing as what we have here just in Vancouver in terms of the, the actually the sets will, will you know there there'll be an unplugged quality as well as this kind of really awesome kind of built quality to this world. And then on top of that, in post, there will be something that takes us beyond our imagination. Yeah. And that's something that we're waiting to see. Um, we, you know, we get glimpses of it. We have, like, there's renderings of it. I mean, I know that we all walked into, the, I think in the very beginning, this trailer with ha- which that had, like, what, 300 cameras in oh, it? Yeah. Uh, and we just stood in there. We Shooting had to, shoot, we had to stand like this. And it shot at us from every single angle, and then we had to like there was a book that said make a smiley face, make a this face. We had to make a different, several different faces, and they just shot us because I guess at some point we're completely unnecessary. They start taking these pictures and images and animating it. Who knows? But it's um, it's very BoJack Horseman of you. Exactly. (laughs) Slightly threatening, but um, but very um, but it's exciting to see these different teams and different talents come together to tell the same story and and, uh, to see what that turns into. Especially, and and the basis of our childhoods were, I mean, I saw Star Wars when I was five. Yes. I I saw Alien when I was six. See, exactly. So these are- What's with your parents? No, I stole (laughs) the Being a, a child of sci-fi, you know, yeah. we we all I think we all are, yeah. and uh, and then we get to play in one of the best worlds ever created. Yeah. So it's just cool. <laughs> <laughs>